I felt like if you're working with some of those heavy hitters who are in like bad boys for you're like, man, I better have my lines all memorized and nail this the first time. That's always funny because on set, there's kind of like a, a hierarchy on this set of bad boys. It was so incredible because I went in kind of thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm lucky if anybody says hello to me. And by the end, I felt like I had such a community of friends. I've had twice two big deal people on the set of bad boys. There was a knock on my door and I thought it was going to be them telling me to come to set. And I open the door and I'm like, hey, and they're like, hey, I, th I don't think they're going to be ready for us for a while. Want to hang out? And I'd be like, oh, sure. Can you say who it was? Oh, uh, Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. We're going to get to all of that in just a moment. But first, I want you to know how grateful I am for today's podcast sponsor, my friends at FitAF Nutrition. They are Eastern Pennsylvania's leading meal prep company. FitAF offers meals of multiple sizes for people with various health goals. And you know what I love about this company? They use high-quality ingredients like grass-fed meats, wild fish, and locally harvested produce. And all right, for you parents on the go, they even offer family meals. Go to fitafnutrition.com, place your order by Thursday at midnight, and get fresh, prepared meals delivered right to your door on Sunday. Use code LECKY at checkout to get 20% off your first order. Here we go, buddy. It's the Ryan Lecky Show. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Ryan Lecky Show. You know, what I love to do with this podcast is spotlight some rock star movers and shakers who come from my part of Pennsylvania doing some incredible things, and sometimes they end up on the big stage. Like, I don't know, Hollywood? Hey, with me now is Quinn Hemphill. She is a graduate of Scranton High School. She hails from Scranton, Pennsylvania. And I'm super stoked to talk to you because you're doing some really cool things in the entertainment industry. And I'm like, folks, you got to watch her. She's an up-and-comer. How's it going? Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me. I'm really pumped to talk to you just sort of about your backstory, growing up in northeastern Pennsylvania and then making your way literally to Hollywood. You are gearing up, or I should say you're part of the latest Bad Boys 4 movie that's going to be rolling out in June. And, you know, I know you can't tell me a lot, which is normal with this stuff, right? You can only give me, like, teasers or when it comes out because I know you're under, like, contracts, et cetera. But if people haven't heard of the Bad Boys series, how would you describe it? Um, so it's Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, and they are a buddy cop team who are hilarious, but there's also a lot of action, and it, it's you'll be laughing at one moment, and then you'll be terrified the next and hoping that they get out of whatever they've gotten themselves into, and it takes place in Miami, so it's great scenery, great music. Um, it's a lot of fun. And I think I came across something on IMDb. You play the role of, is it Callie Howard? Do I have that right? Yes, Callie Howard. So people who are familiar with the franchise might, might recognize the last name, and that's all I can say. That's all she can say. All right, so I want to back <laughs> into your story, though, because I think right now, especially with social media, right, everybody's trying to get their break and make it. But let's just back up how you got into the whole acting career and how your passion for theater started. Sure. Um, so I started in Scranton, Pennsylvania, of course. I did a bunch of community theater. I did Act Out, which I think doesn't still exist. I did all the school plays, um, everything like that. And I went to see Wicked when I was eight years old. My family would go to a Broadway show every year. And I went to see Wicked. I still remember. And I just looked at the stage and we got out and I said, oh, I want to do that. And my parents were like, oh, okay, that's that's cute, sure. And by the next day, I had pulled out the phone book and um, – 
said, okay, there's an acting class here and here and here. And yeah, I really want to do this. And they, my parents took me and, and the rest is history. I've been doing it ever since. It's kind of second nature to me. It's always been a part of my life. Um, and I would find myself open calls in New York City. And I, I, I kind of did all the the work and the pushing it. And my parents just said yes. <laughs> and so they'd, they'd uh, take me in where I have a really supportive family. So um, I, it was never treated as something that was odd. It was always treated as something that I wanted to do and that I was going to do professionally and I was going to make it happen. <laughs> I love this. But leading up to sort of where you ended up getting to today, if we back up, even after high school, you went to pursue your BFA at Syracuse University. So I feel like your family then and your friends probably were like, wow, she's really doing this. Yeah, definitely. So even like the college process, when you get a BFA, um, it's a specific degree. And it's I say it's kind of like D1 in sports. So you have to get in academically to the school, but then you have to audition. So while a lot of my friends were, you know, looking at their Common App and all of this stuff, I had to do all of that. But then I also had to go on this audition tour across the country and audition for all these programs. Um, and so the, most of them take about uh, 20 kids a year per program. And there's um, a finite number of programs in the country that award a BFA. So I did that and I ended up at Syracuse University, which was incredible. Um, I, I got like amazing training. I made amazing connections. The alumni network is fantastic. Um, when I moved to LA, I basically just started contacting Syracuse people and my network was made. Um, so yeah, that, and I made so many friends. Um, and my cousin, Jerry McNamara, who's another Scranton, um, mover and shaker he uh, obviously made his mark at syracuse university so it was really fun to go up there look at it it's all it's like all in the family right i, I, mean, yeah. I know you're <laughs> dropping names that a lot of people who are at least from northeastern and central pennsylvania would be well aware of but let's talk about so you graduate from syracuse university you're utilizing that alumni right you go to la to say hey i'm gonna go out here and shoot my shot right because you were doing open auditions in new york here and there but i think you know people always talk about it like how much hustle there's involved in acting Describe, though, what life was like when you first moved out there. I mean, were you trying to do local theater shows in L.A.? Like, how were you trying to get to what we're going to get to, your big break? Were you wait, waiting tables? Walk me through it. Sure. So um, I I always thought I was going to move to New York. Um, to this day, it's so strange to me that I've never, like, fully lived in New York City. Because um, for us in Scranton, that's kind of the city that you go to. Um, but when I was a senior at Syracuse, um, we have a program that's run by Aaron Sorkin, where he chooses, uh, he's an alum, and he chooses 12 uh, seniors to go on an all-expenses-paid trip to L.A. Um, for spring break during your senior year. So I was chosen, and I got to go. And I mean, it was like the coolest introduction to L.A. ever. Like Aaron Sorkin was taking us around, introducing us to his friends, like all these beautiful dinners and and hotels. So I was like, well, I've got to move here. So I went um, back home to Pennsylvania and I sat my parents down and said, okay, I'm going to try LA. Um, I think, you know, I want to do it now while I'm young, I'm excited. Um, and so the, as always, they said, okay, sure. So they moved me out to LA when I graduated. Um, I had two friends from college that I moved with and um, I hit the ground running. I immediately signed up for a showcase in which I auditioned for a bunch of agents and managers. I secured an agent and manager through that showcase. Um, and within a month, I got my first role um, 
in LA, which was for a Lifetime movie, which was super fun. Um, and then, yeah, I so I had to find I had to find jobs that basically allowed me to make auditioning and shooting and acting my main job because I never wanted to forget why I came out to LA, which I think is something that happens sometimes. You get so wrapped up in having to pay the bills, which is so important, but I'm also out here because I want to act, you know? And so I ended up getting a job as a standardized patient, which is kind of like an acting job. You um, act, you pretend you're a patient for medical students um, and it's how they train. Um, and that gave me an amazing community because it's all actors. Like in LA, they're like the elite standardized patients because they're all like actors, um, which is super fun. Um, so that's kind of how I paid the bills. And then when I was lucky and I got... Um, cast out of these auditions that I'm doing, you know, weekly. So they take up hours and hours of memorizing and shooting. Um, that was that was kind of my thing. So I was doing standardized patient and auditioning. And when I was lucky, I was shooting too. I guess when you talk about like kind of finding your footing, right, to, to build your career in LA, you did come back to finding the right representation. And I think that's something else you hear about from so many actors, actresses, right, like shady managers. So how did you even go about navigating to find the right person who was going to represent you? Yeah, that's such a good point. Um, so I would say I've trusted my gut a lot in this process. And um, that served me well so far in terms of the management I'm with right now, um, it was these managers were at CLA Partners, um, they're New York City and LA, and they were referred to me by a friend from college who went like the representation route as opposed to the acting route. And I really trusted him and he was able to give me insight into the day to day of this particular company. And I remember he just said they're the hardest workers and they're on the phone all day. And to me, that clicked because so much of this business, I believe, is just like hustling. And so when I heard they were hustlers, I I remember thinking, you know, you don't get an audition for every every role that might fit your type. But I remember thinking they're gonna try to get me an audition for every role that fits my type. And that's that's good enough for me. And um so that's that was kind of for me when I heard they're on the phone all day. Cause so, so I think it's such a misconception that we're sitting around waiting for an audition or we're sitting around waiting for a big break when I believe it's all gotten through action. Um, so yeah. And when you say kind of going after the role that kind of fit my type, like when you started, right, especially like for the Lifetime movie, for example, or even the current projects you're working on now, is there a certain thing you're like, oh, this is the perfect role for me? Definitely. Um, and you know, when, so the way that it works with auditions is there's this platform where auditions are posted. So they'll say, okay, there's a new episode of Law and Order SVU and here's all the new characters. And then agents and managers will submit their clients headshots and resumes. So that's kind of why you need an agent and manager because they're the gatekeeper that has access to that platform where all the roles are. So they, they will submit your headshot and resume and your demo reel, which is a collection of work that you've done. And then the casting director will pick from thousands and thousands and thousands of submissions who they'd like to audition. So maybe they they might pick 20 people, 50 people, 10 people, who knows, to audition. And then they'll send it to your agent and manager. They'll send a little script. Your agent and manager will email it to you. There'll be a deadline. You have to, you used to go in to audition, but now you kind of do it all from your bedroom with a green screen and a ring light, which is nice because you can, you have flexibility with where you're living. But um, 
yeah, so you'll you'll do that. And then sometimes they'll come through and I'll be like, oh, this is so random. Because sometimes they'll give a wild card. So I'll be like, like, like one time it was your like a 40-year-old felon. And like I got an audition and I was like, this is so random. But like it must have been the I must have been the casting director's wild card, you know? So that's always fun to do. Um, and then sometimes they'll come across and you're like, oh my gosh, I could play this in my sleep. I really hope I get this role. Like this was made for me. So it's a variable, you know, you get all these different things and you just do the work and and hope that you that you book it. Um, but it's always exciting. I kind of never know what's coming. I don't, we could be on this, this um, interview and I might get an audition for something. <laughs> That's super cool. I was going to ask you, so growing up in Scranton, Pennsylvania, right? You had such a passion for local theater. How different is it to transition from that to like film or even like made for TV movies on Lifetime, right? Is there something, are you more passionate about doing like live stage theater or were you like, oh my gosh, film is what I love? Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up doing theater mostly because, um, A, because I love it, and B, because it's so accessible and it's just great training. Um, and I think that having a background and a training in theater is so important because in that training, you learn character work at like such a molecular level. And that translate in, translates into film because for me, it's like the prep work I do for theater versus film is the same. So, you know, who are you talking to? What's your point of view? You say the word broccoli. Is it your character's favorite food? Does your character hate broccoli because last time they ate it, they threw up? Like who, you know, you you do all the same prep work to build your character, but it's kind of like the venue you're in is different. So when you're on stage, you have to play to the back of the audience. And so if what you're trying to convey is that you hate broccoli so much, in theater, you might feel that with your whole body so that the person in the back can can see it. But in on a film, you know, they can see if just your eyes, like, um, you know, they could see the smallest wins. And so your job is to always tell the story so that the audience gets it. You know, you're serving the story. And so you just have to figure out how is my, what forum is my audience seeing me in? Are they seeing me this close? Or do they need to see me from the back row? And then that will inform your kind of physical, emotional, vocal choices. And you talked about, obviously, the Lifetime movie was sort of like a, a cool shtick for you, right? What was yeah. what was a job or a gig that you said, this is my break? Um, I think Bad Boys has definitely felt like a step. It, it feels like it will be my big break. And even just being on that set, I mean... I learned so much from the actors, just watching the actors. Um, Eric Dane is in it, who was McSteamy in Grey's Anatomy. Um, very attractive man. All right, and, yeah, um, we, we know him. We know him. <laughs> and he, um, you know, and he's in Euphoria too. And I just watching him in particular, I felt like I learned so much about film acting in particular um and so that felt like a big break w whatever it does for my career in terms of getting more roles or publicity or whatever I think that like me as an actor that leveled up my ability to perform I just just working with like Will Smith and Martin Lawrence I mean I mean Martin like watching him in a room doing comedy is 
like invaluable. It was just so cool. And I guess, can you describe just set life, right? Even if it's, if you can't go into too much about bad boys, just like, what is it like being on a set? Because you always hear sometimes people will say, actors specifically, sometimes they're there for 16 hours to shoot a two minute part. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so they're long hours. A typical day would be 12 hours um, from the moment you sign in to the moment you sign out. And anything after would be overtime. When you're on a big production, it kind of depends. Oh, you can kind of gauge overtime by how big the budget is. So if it's a big budget, you're probably going to work overtime, <laughs> um, which is fine. I'm always happy to be there. Um, and I'm I, I just always have to pinch myself um, that it's actually happening. And it's funny because as, as you'll go and you'll be there the first day and you're so excited and then the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and, you know, the sixth, you might be like, oh, I'm still here. And then I just always have to click in and be like, this is my job. I could be sitting at a desk. <laughs> I'm in a trailer, you know? Yeah. And so in terms of on set life, um, if you're working on location, which is um, in a in any city that's not kind of somewhere where you have like a home address, um, which a lot of actors have like multiple home addresses in all the major cities. Um, but for example, um, in Bad Boys, we shoot some of it in Miami. So if it's in Miami, um, which wouldn't be a home address for me, They'll pick you up at your hotel um, to get you to your call time. And then you'll go right into hair and makeup. Um, hair and makeup is this big trailer that just, it looks like a salon in a trailer. Um, and everybody's lined up getting their hair and makeup done. Um, that's always super fun. I, I love the hair and makeup. Um, and I always get super tight with the hair and makeup team. And to do your hair and makeup and then someone will take your breakfast order which then when you get back to your trailer your breakfast will be in there oh my gosh you should see the food at these places it's insane the, insane insane i started drinking beet juice and ginger shots i didn't know who i was <laughs> it was so fun that's i'm a big foodie so that was like one of my life of an parts. actress right beet juice yeah, and ginger no. shots i love that <laughs> seriously um and then You'll um, put on your costume, which is usually hanging in your trailer that the costume department brings. Um, and then when they're ready for you, you never know. It might come in six hours or it might be in 30 minutes. You'll just get a knock on your trailer and they'll say they're ready for you um, and they'll shuttle you off to set. You'll get to set. You'll do a rehearsal, um, which is so funny because in theater, right, you're doing like six weeks of rehearsal. But um, in film, you do like one run through and they'll show you this is where the camera's going to be. You need to be here now, here, there. Um, and then often, then they'll send you back to your trailer while they light the scene. And then you'll sit in your trailer for, again, it could be 30 minutes or three hours. Um, and how do you pass the time when yeah. you're in there? Um, I usually bring a book, um, text uh <laughs> are you running your lines like i feel like if you're working with some of those heavy hitters who were in like bad boys for you're like man i better have my lines all memorized and nail this the first time yes i mean definitely going over your lines um i usually there's a, it's called base camp and that's where all the trailers are um and so i'll usually walk around and if people are outside their trailers like i'll sit and chat with them um sometimes I've, I've had twice two big deal people on the set of Bad Boys. Uh, there was a knock on my door and I thought it was going to be them telling me to come to set. And I opened the door and I'm like, oh, hey. and they're like, hey, we, I, I don't think they're going to be ready for us for a while. Want to hang out? And I'd be like, oh, sure. Can you say who it was? Uh, Vanessa Hudgens. And then what did you say? Were you like, sure, Vanessa Hudgens, I'll hang out with you. Yeah, 
Oh, I was like, oh, I'm I'm not free. Sorry. You're like, like, let me just wrap this call with my friends in Scranton so we can hang out. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's always exciting. And, and Ray Seahorn, um, she's so cool too. And she was in Better Call Saul. Um, so that's that's always funny because on set there's kind of like a a hierarchy. And on this set of Bad Boys, it was so incredible because I went in kind of thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm lucky if anybody says hello to me. And by the end, I I felt like I had such a community of friends and like family that I, I three months prior had been wondering, you know, I, I'd be lucky to say hello. So um, that was exciting. I, I felt really lucky. We had an amazing, amazing cast. Now, even before, because I know Bad Boys 4 launches in June of 2024, so stay tuned, but your role in the mental state. That was another really cool project in film for you. And it's now out. Tell us where it's available. What was the deal of the film and what'd you do in it? Yeah. So the mental state is actually a really special project for me. It's the first feature film I was ever in. And, um, I actually booked that while I was in, uh, school at Syracuse. So upstate New York has become kind of a filming hub. Uh, they had the tax credits that make it so that it's really cheap to film up there. And there has, they've kind of like created an amazing infrastructure. And this was right at the beginning of it. So they had cast everybody out of LA and New York, but there were two roles that they just decided like, oh, we have these two film, film schools, Syracuse and Ithaca. Um, let's audition people from there and see if we can get these two roles cast out of there so that they're local and we don't have to like house them. So I went in, I auditioned. Um, and they ended up casting me and another girl, uh, Delaney, from Ithaca. Um, and we, I mean, it was the experience of a lifetime. We were both attending college and then leaving to go to set. And we worked like four weeks with people, these actors from L.A. and um, Frank Greenberg, who was in uh, One Tree Hill, which I love. <laughs> and uh, like all these different people, Carly Pope, who's on Pretty Little Liars now, uh, Alyssa Sutherland, she was in Vikings. And um, yeah, I, I went from like going to class and thinking, okay, when I graduate, I'll, you know, try my luck. And this was, um, it gave me SAG eligibility, which is a huge, huge deal. Um, and it was so much fun. And I was also doing a play at the same time. So I was doing Miss Electricity, which was, um, it was a tour around, uh, upstate New York and it was a children's tour we'd go to elementary schools on Tuesdays and Thursdays for the whole semester and I was doing that at the same time so there were times where I would go to set from 5 p.m to 5 a.m and then I would I would go I'd have to be at the children's tour by 6 30 a.m and then I would do the tour from 6 30 a.m to noon and then I would go to class at one and then back to set at five so it's I didn't get much sleep, but I, I was going to say, that, yeah, like I could do anything. <laughs> when did you sleep after doing all of that? And how would you describe to give people um, a snapshot of the mental state and where they can find it? Yeah, so you can watch it on Apple TV, Vudu, um, and Amazon Prime. I think it's on YouTube TV too. Um, and it's a great film. It's um, about, it's a, teen in Kentucky um, who is there's a big plot twist so I don't want to give anything away if you watch it but um, it kind of deals with mental health and gun violence um, in rural America and it kind of shows how 
it, it chronicles how we can get to the headlines that we see all too often in America. Okay. So it's like you got to watch it. Yeah, there is, I don't want to give too much away, but it's it's a it's a psychological thriller. I mean, I think earlier, Quinn, you mentioned just how I think COVID has really changed the way you audition, right? It's filming sort of those selfie videos with a ring light in front of a green screen, right? And traveling. Tell me about maybe some of the coolest places you have gotten to film, right? Whether it was the Lifetime movie. I mean, can you say where Bad Boys 4 was filmed? Sure, yeah. So we filmed Bad Boys in um, Atlanta, um, which I had never been, and it's now one of my favorite cities. I had so much fun there. Um, they have amazing food. And then uh, the Lifetime movie was in L.A., and a lot of the stuff I've done has been in L.A. Um, when I was living there, I did all kinds of things there. And um, then I filmed something that will come out this year. It's called Gothic Slayers. It's a horror comedy, kind of like a scary movie um, vibe. It's extremely funny. I filmed that in Maryland, which... You know, it's so funny. You move out to L.A. and you do the audition um, virtually in L.A. And then you get the part and they say, OK, we're flying you to Maryland. <laughs> yeah, you're like back to the East Coast. <laughs> exactly. So um, we did finish that in L.A. actually, which was cool. We did. We filmed it for a little bit in October and then did a week in L.A. So I'm like I said, my suitcase is always just half packed and I've gotten really good at packing it. So, sometimes now I'll pack it in like 10 minutes. For a month shoot and I'll be like I must be missing something but then I just remind myself no you just do this like once a month you've gotten a pretty okay at it <laughs> right right now how would you let me ask you this Quinn growing up in Scranton Pennsylvania what has the role of this community in northeastern Pennsylvania played in your life when it comes to your work ethic and your career not only in theater but now film from Scranton to Hollywood Oh my gosh, it's been so invaluable. I mean, honestly, I I would say I wouldn't be where I was without the backing of my community in Scranton. Um, not only was I offered resources like uh, Miss Brotherton, who was my uh, my high school theater teacher, but um, all over the community, there were so many opportunities for me to perform, and I felt so valued and. I also had so many people that were older than me that I was able to look up to who did this as a career. And um, that was really important for me. And I think it's really important for kids in the community to see that it's it's not just a hobby. If you It could be a hobby if you want it to be, but you can also actually make a living and actually make this happen for yourself. Um, and it doesn't matter where you're from or where you've started. And you actually, it's actually your kind of like your superpower and your secret weapon that you're from Northeastern PA, because um, I just think it's a community that values um, hard work, that values uh, family and friendship. And that I think that goes really far, um, especially like, you know, I'm so used to walking in somewhere and I'll, I'll see three people I know and talk to them and whatever. And in LA, that's been so important because I feel like I've created a network for myself and I wouldn't have been able to do that without the confidence that I have, which I believe was like fostered by being in a community that has made me feel so nurtured and protected and encouraged. I know in Northeastern Pennsylvania, we say hi to everybody. And then sometimes you go to a big city, LA, New York, you're like, hey, how's it going? And people are like, what are you doing? Yes, yeah, seriously. Well, you'd think that they would, but then you say hi and they're kind of like, 
oh, nobody said hi to me in a week at the grocery store. Maybe I better talk to this girl. And then you're like, oh, they produce this and that. And you kind of, and following up too, I think that in Northeastern PA, we have such long standing. I mean, I've had my same best friend since I was born. Our moms are best friends. Our grandmothers are friends. Like, so it's not weird for me to meet someone at a party or at a networking event. And then, you know, you exchange numbers and I'm, I think that that comes from the Northeastern PA part of me that, well, I'm not going to forget to text them. Or I'm, when I see that they've done something, I'm going to text them. Oh, I just saw your film. Great job. And I think that people, other for us, it's so commonplace in Northeastern PA. But in other places, when you go there, you realize it really means a lot to people. And it's really, I think it's kind of like a, a secret weapon. So I would say Northeastern PA, I owe so much to. And for the kids who see this are young adults, right? Who say, I want this to be more than a hobby because I really think, and there's, it's not only acting, there's a number of careers out there that I believe young people would bring up and say, I want to do this. This is going to be my livelihood and living. And people are like, yeah, I get in line, right? What would be your message to those people who feel like Um, maybe they don't have the, the supportive family that you did? Sure. Yeah. I would say, A, it's possible. Um, you have to believe in yourself. RuPaul, if you don't love yourself, who's going to love you? That wasn't the right quote, but like, um, I'm picking up and, what you're dropping. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think also it's if if you want to do it as a career, then I think tr- treat it like a career. Um, you know, every day I'm either I either have an audition that I have to work on or film. Um, and if I don't, then I'm I'm just reading the trades, which is like Variety and Hollywood Reporter and stuff to see what's coming up, what's casting, um, looking at different casting directors or producers that I know trying to figure out, it, you know, who they, what they're working on. Oh, is this an ideal time to reach out? I'm like, I, I try to send five emails a day. That's like my thing. Um, and I don't, I don't always know who they're going to go to at the beginning of the day, but I figure it out. And um, so, yeah, I would just say like putting in the work and it's, it's just slow steps and then all of us they say every every overnight success has actually been working for 10 years <laughs> um so it's just putting in your time and putting in um your your stuff and then one day you know i say a dream come comes true on a wednesday morning you know i woke up one wednesday and all of it by the next week i was i was on a set with will smith and so you just you just have to keep at it i love that and we will say from the stages in Scranton, Pennsylvania, all the way to Tinseltown. Keep crushing <laughs> it. And we really appreciated your time to get us some insight on sort of how you got to this level, right? From Northeastern Pennsylvania, all the way to the flashy lights in Hollywood. And I cannot wait June 2024 to check you out in Bad Boys 4. So thanks so much for your time. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Quinn. And thank you for being a part of another episode of The Ryan Lecky Show. See you soon.